Welcome to the Grace for This City podcast. We're helping you turn your cities upside down. Hey, I'm your host, Justin Goff. Stay tuned. We got a great show for you today. All right. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. This is the Grace for This City podcast. I'm Justin. We're helping you turn cities upside down, and we're so glad that you have joined with us. We're running together, friends, you and I. We're in this together, and it's not a one-man show anymore. No, it's not about the Lone Ranger no more. Hallelujah. No, it's a body effort. It's a body work right now, and I'm so glad that you are willing to get out there on the front lines with Jesus and let's get this done. Lots of people need to be rescued. Hallelujah. Many people need the gospel preached to them, delivered to them, ministered to them so that they can come out of the bondages and the lies that they are trapped in. That's what you're doing, friends. That's what you and I are doing. Now, I'm encouraging you, and you're getting out there. Hallelujah. And getting things done. Praise the Lord. Hey, let's pick up on a theme here. Uh, if you've been following along, we uh, covered a thought last week called the final leg. I want to pick up on that thought. We'll bring it a little bit further here. We'll see where we go with that. But uh, preparation for the final leg. You know, you and I are in the very end of the end. You've heard me say this many times. The Bible gives us basically a seven-day work week. Six days shall be the days of man. 6,000 years. Several ways that we come up with that. Uh, even Peter. Uh, Peter wrote in First and Second Peter in the New Testament, he says a day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as a day. That's one way. Uh, of course, and then 120 Jubilees is 6,000 years. The days of man shall be 120 years on the earth. Uh, the Jews follow these patterns. The Jubilee year is significant in that patterning. Six and sevens, the Bible is uh, uses these numbers and these patterns extensively. Anyways, the Bible gives us about 6,000 years. Then it gives us the seventh day, which is the Sabbath or the millennial reign. That's where Jesus comes and establishes peace upon the earth for a thousand years. Uh, you and I, according to what the Holy Spirit revealed to the New Testament church when it was birthed there in the book of Acts, you know, the historical record there in the book of Acts, Holy Spirit came upon Peter and he said, this is that which Joel prophesied. He said, I'll pour out my spirit in the last days. That signified the last two days of the week, day five and six. And then by the time we get to Second Timothy, you and I, had uh, another, um, uh, let's see, uh, Holy Spirit revealed to us again how we would know kind of where we were at on these last two days. And he says, when you get to Eschatos or the last destination on a mapped journey, that's how that word was used in secular Greek literature, it always pointed to the very end of a thing. He said, you'll know you're at the end of the last two days, of the, of the last days, which is the whole New Testament encompasses the last day's works, he says, you'll know you're at the last or the very end because it'll become perilous. Now, friends, it doesn't take much. And I've done several podcasts diving into what that Greek word, it's only used twice uh, twice in the New Testament, it's kalipos. But it means dangerous. Uh, it means unpredictable. Uh, it, it means fierce. Uh, it talks about uh, it, when it was used in Greek literature, it was animals that are unruly, uncontrollable, dangerous, ferocious. Uh, these are the days in which you and I live. Now, we're equipped for this, but you're going to have to be sober. Remember what Peter said. He said, be sober uh, because the end of all things is at hand. And part of what you and I are navigating is the perilous reality of both the kingdom of God coming into its brightest demonstration, 
Remember, Proverbs says the path of the righteous gets brighter and brighter. It's progressive in that sense. Uh, faith to faith, glory to glory, grace upon grace, strength to strength. It's progressive in that sense. Things are growing and increasing. A couple things you can look at here is uh, the fact that we have the uh, we are children of the light, and we have the bread of life, which is Jesus Himself. Several times in the New Testament, it's referenced the manna that they ate in the Old Testament, and how that sustained them for that period of time. But now we have the bread of life. And it talks about that on the sixth day, they were to gather twice the amount of manna in order to bring them on into the Sabbath. Now, that's indicative of what is happening to you and I right now. Daniel prophesied it. Uh, for example, there's you know various other places. That's beyond where I want to go today. But the point that I want to make is, is that you and I are being sustained by uh, great levels of revelation knowledge. So we have a double portion we have double portion access to the bread of life that is available to you and I, uh, uh, to the bread of life that is available to you and I versus what they had in the Old Testament. Um, and so we are living in phenomenal days. So the kingdom of God, the children of God, all right, remember what he said? He said, little children walk in the light as he is in the light. Our path is getting brighter and brighter and brighter. And this is where some people misapply, in my opinion, they misapply passages that are dealing with the church to everybody. And, then, and this is why some groups are saying, hey, uh, it's only getting better and better and better because the church is here. Well, actually, uh, the other side to that is that the kingdom of darkness is just growing uh, more gross, uh, 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 going deeper in gross darkness. It's getting darker and darker, all right? Second uh, Timothy tells us that that evil men and seducers, enchanters, sorcerers, wizards, Janice and Jambres show back up at this time. It says they're waxing worse and worse, meaning they're increasing their numbers, meaning they're recruiting more, uh, but also their outworking is getting more powerful. Why? Because knowledge is bounding of, of these things. And so you have this simultaneous like oil and water mixture. It doesn't mix. He said, come out and be separate. Uh, what fellowship does light have with darkness? None whatsoever. These are uh, almost violently opposing forces. But here's the thing, is they coexist simultaneously. And so just because the church is here doesn't mean the world is getting better. Now, for those that have ears to hear, those that are responding to the message of the gospel, I'm telling you, it's going to be a game changer for them. They're going to be delivered. They're going to be delivered out of the kingdom of darkness and translated into the kingdom of the son of his love. But if you refuse that deliverance, then I'm telling you, friends, it's just getting worse and worse. And so you and I are going to be here for a period of time. Uh, we're here for, uh, excuse me, we're here for perilous, okay? We're here for the perilous part of the end times. But soon, soon and very soon, we're going to be raptured out. We're going to be harpazo. That's the Greek word, okay? The Latin was uh, rapturo. So some people argue, say, well, the rapture is not in the Bible. Well, harpazo, which is how it, the root it's translated from, harpazo is. We're going to be caught up. We're the bride. We're not destined to be subject to the coming wrath or Jacob's trouble as it's actually prophesied in the Old Testament. This is judgment coming upon not only the nation of Israel and the Jews for rejecting Jesus. Okay, Hosea prophesies that. Uh, but also, uh, among other Old Testament prophets, but it's definitely in the overlay of Hosea. That entire book is a prophetic book, and it just gives an outline uh, even of their restoration, that after three days he shall 
raise us up. And that's where Peter picks up and tells his Jewish uh, uh, listeners, the people that he was writing to, these were uh, born again, uh, new creations in Christ Jesus, yet their heritage was Jewish. He was writing to them and saying, look, uh, it'll be basically 2,000 years. And friends, it's all right there in the Bible, my goodness. But Hosea prophesies that, and Peter picks up on that. After two days, he saw raise us up. There'll be a resurrection of sorts for the Jewish people when they look upon him who they pierce. Zechariah prophesied that he's going to step down on the Mount of Olives. And at, at the second time they, they see him, they're going to realize how bad they screwed up. But there's going to be a mercy and a grace and an anointing poured out on them and a fountain opened up to them. They're going to repent, receive Jesus as their Messiah, be brought in to the millennial reign. All right, you and I, we're going to be raptured out before all that takes place uh, because we are the body of Christ we are the bride of Christ. We are the new creation in Christ Jesus, this one new man uh, made from the two. Ephesians talks about this, one new man made from the two. Now, what is our main focus? I said all that because there are so many things, like right now, if, you know, I was thinking about this this morning, there are so many uh, teachings, doctrines, focuses, this and that. Well, a lot of this has been derived from uh, not taking the Bible as a harmonious sequence of activities and events like all of the Old Testament prophets prophesying. This is what Peter said. He said, when you wind up in a dark day, uh, when days get dark, when you find out that you're maybe losing your way, and you're not sure what's going on, what's going to happen next. He said, look to the guiding light that's already been laid out in the prophets, the propheticos. He was talking about the Old Testament prophets. They laid out a prophetic picture here. And the New Testament apostles and prophets brought, um, uh, kind of filled out some of the skeleton of that, of how we are to act, what our focus is, what our primary mission is, and particularly like the apostle Paul, he, he was talking about this gospel message that is to go out to all of the Gentiles. You know, he was the apostle to the Gentiles, whereas Peter was the apostle to the Jewish believers. But he was talking about how, listen, this has gone out to you. You've been invited in. Another word was engrafted. Okay, you've been added to what God was already doing. Uh, he didn't say you become a Jew. No, that uh, uh, tree we're already watching, but you've been invited into that plan. But right now, for the vast majority of people uh, that are listening to me anyways, uh, what is our primary focus? Well, that's is, this is where the letters come in to play. This is where you and I go and find out what's the church, the ecclesia, the born-again believer, the body and the bride of Christ. What are we supposed to be doing? Well, we are to go be going to every creature everywhere, Mark 16, and delivering the gospel to them. For God so loved the world. And uh, because this is his inheritance among the nations, every tribe, tongue, language, etc., is the gospels going out as an invitation to a wedding. Hallelujah. And you are the guest of honor. The invitation is to be the bride and the body. And so a lot of people, I mean, you know, you can, you can focus on prophecies to the Jews. You can pro focus on prophecies to the nations. You can focus on different things. And, and, and you can wind up uh, doing a lot of unrelated, you know, being scattered in your activities and things not synchronizing together. So we, we, we want to talk about what is our pace and posture looking like? Hallelujah. Well, you and I, friends, 
uh, we are being matured as the bride. Our light is getting brighter and brighter. As what? As the body and the bride of Christ. Now, second to that, I would say, our, our, our first work is uh, becoming that uh, bride without spot or wrinkle. Okay? But second to that, our work is the gospel. It's to go to every creature, go everywhere into all nations and preach the gospel. Now, the gospel has gone to all nations. In fact, the Bible, the uh, uttermost parts of the earth, like in Acts, uh, was it chapter 1, chapter 2? I don't have my Bible here, but uh, where he says to uh, um, Jerusalem, Judea, uh, and to the ends of the earth. Well, um, like Australia and New Zealand, according to the ancient Jews, that's the uttermost parts of the earth. Well, the gospel is already gone all around the world. Now, what is happening? Now we're double back around. Now we're coming back around. Now we're checking up on people that got uh, lost or haven't quite yet yielded to that message. There's still a lot of work, even in our own backyard, friends. Like missions today is not just to Africa anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um you know, there was a particular window, and there still are areas where the percentages of the gospel um, are limited. But I'm telling you, you can look in our own. You can look in our own nation. Have you looked at the United States recently? I'm telling you, you talking about a mission field. I'm going. What in the world? See, I maybe we took for granted. You know, people say, oh, oh, you know, because we're we are we're in Central U.S. People say, well, you're in the Bible Belt, maybe maybe in the buckle of the Bible Belt. Well, I'm telling you, uh, people have forgot uh, what they learned. I mean, only in one or two generations have we got all this perversion coming out. We're like, wait a second, you were raised in the church. In fact, it's parts, you know, I don't even call it the church. These people are not believers. But I mean, there are people that have steeples. There are places that have crosses. There are people that dress up and they got all this, you know, uh, religious uh, looks and form and fashion and and protocol and 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 all this liturgical stuff and I'm telling you they're preaching trash, they are preaching blasphemy. I'm telling you we've got to circle back around. You know what I mean? We've got to come back around and check up, make sure that people are still holding fast. Come on, remember what Jude said, holding fast to the faith that was once delivered. And uh, I'm telling you we have our work cut out for us, friends. But it is perilous. And there are some things that you and I need to be aware of. People today uh, aren't quite as, um, what am I trying to say? Yeah, the love of many has uh, uh, grown cold. Their hearts have grown so cold. They're not cordial. They're not friendly. They're not mannerly anymore. I, I mean, you talk to people about the gospel, and they, uh, uh, they'll attack you. I, I mean, we're talking about in the United States. You say something that contradicts like a popular narrative in in the nation people beat you up i mean almost kill you almost it, it is a murderous spirit and it's, it's going to take extreme courage to be about father's business in these days jesus prophesied he said look they're going to hate you but hey they hated me first and you can see what happened to jesus as he was in um you know in the middle of hostile environments when it came to the gospel. Uh, so these are things that I want to cover. We're talking about the final leg. Nothing to be afraid of, but something you need to be aware of. You know, people don't like messages like this, but I'm telling you, it's perilous. And I don't know how, how else to tell. I'm, I'm not going to tell you it's not, because the Bible's prophesying that it is. 
And we're admonished, like in Peter, even like, don't think it's strange, or in, even in James, both of these books. Like, when when you're tested, when you're tried, when these persecutions arise, when tribulations, not the tribulation, okay, not Jacob's trouble, but types of tribulation, uh, precursors of tribulation, antichrist spirit. First John chapter 2 is all about this antichrist spirit. He said, don't be surprised when you're opposed by these things. There is an enemy out there, friends, that does not want you meddling in its business. And its business have, has to do with the hearts of men and women. And when you go out there and, and you are preaching Jesus, I'm telling you, Jesus is not just about a pat on the back and, and says, oh, I love you, stay in your garbage. No, Jesus is about rescuing the heart out from that bondage. If there is no heart change, there was no receptivity to the message, friends. If they're still practicing unrighteousness, there was no receptivity to the gospel. The gospel did not penetrate the heart. It may have went to the mind. They may have uh, enjoyed some of the concepts. They may have uh, played around with some of the um, principles. But if it did not produce a change, observable change that produced righteous behavior and actions and practice, the Bible says, they are not born again. And so you and I are in wild times because people want to have Jesus as just another one of their idols. You know, I, I mean, we saw this stuff in the nations, right? They, they'd be so open to hearing about Jesus, but they would just put him on the shelf with, you know, the other 700 idols, the, you know, deities, gods, demon spirits, these um, encounters that they would have with, you know, you know otherworldly uh, beings, so on and so forth. It's not that they outright rejected the concept of love and forgiveness and blessing, et cetera, healing and all that. They just wanted Jesus as another one of the gods or the idols amongst the many that were already in their heart. And it doesn't work like that, friends. In fact, in, the, in, in one sense, our gospel is going to have to get a little more aggressive than what it's been. It's almost like we've acquiesced. We've apologized for saying it's Jesus only or nothing. I mean, it's Jesus only. Like you got to throw all your idols, burn all your your garbage, your witchcraft, your your sorcery. You got to get rid of your idolatry. You've got to stop fornicating. Like you've 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 got to throw away your drugs, your alcohol, your abusive practices, your uh, abusive uh, um, abusive and addictive uh, habits and activities and actions and thoughts and etc. And Jesus has to be the Lord, the King. He has to be the only one, or it's a no-go. Like, where is that gospel uh, being preached? In in the United States, it, it's rare, friends. It seems like it's rare. It's almost like we're giving opportunity for people to just add a little bobblehead Jesus on the dash of their car, along with all the other addictions and, uh, you know, darkness that, that they are living in. It, 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 it cannot be. Uh, that is a false gospel. And so the, the, the gospel is going to have to, um, it, it's going to have to, uh, uh, how do I say what I'm thinking here? The gospel is demanding that the minister itself be as strong and bold and forthright as the gospel is itself. It's not the gospel's fault. It's the deliverer. It's the messenger. The messenger is afraid of getting shot. <laughs> Hallelujah. You've heard that saying, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just the messenger. Uh, 
Well, so many messengers have apologized for the message. And that in and of itself, friends, is blasphemous. It's blasphemous. I'm telling you, if you are afraid to deliver the gospel, then you're in the wrong business. Hallelujah. You're in the wrong vocation. You're, you are serving uh, not the Lord Jesus. You know, Paul talked about this in Acts 20. He said, Where I, wherever I go. In fact, let me read that to you. If you got your Bibles, turn to Acts 20. Uh, let me see here. Let me get up. Uh, I don't have my Bible with me. Um, I got to look it up here on the internet. Acts uh, 20. Here we go. And let's see here. Look at this. He says, uh, this is where, like you look at um, verse 20, Acts 20, 20. He said, how I kept nothing back. He was helpful. He proclaimed to you. He taught publicly. Okay, he wasn't afraid. He wasn't ashamed. He taught publicly from house to house. 21, he testified to the Jews, also to the Greeks. Uh, what, what, what was he ministering? Uh, repentance towards God and faith towards the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, you know, some, some people are afraid to uh, preach repentance. Um, and that's just because this idea that, that people don't even need to repent. But I'm telling you, there's, there's plenty for people to repent of. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. There's really no, no excuse. And the church is doing a fine job. Now, all these fakers out, out here that are seem like um, exemplifying what the church re- really is, that's part of the problem. There, there's a, a true and living church of the Lord Jesus Christ in the earth today. Uh, so he went around, he testified not only to the Jews, but also to the Greeks to repent. Hallelujah. You gotta, you gotta repent. You gotta get rid of these idols. You gotta get rid of this other stuff, this, this witchcraft, this sorcery, this incantations, this, these idols these trinkets, these little things, these crystals, whatever you're doing, you, 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 cause you're looking for something for assistance. This is the gospel. He said, you're looking for something to help you, rescue you, heal you, deliver you, save you, encourage you, prosper you, give you wisdom, give you insight, something. He said, you got to repent of all that's Jesus only. It's Jesus only throw all that stuff in the trash, burn it. You know, back, uh, when I was in youth group twice, 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 uh, I gathered up all of my, uh, games, uh, movies, CDs. We listened to CDs back, back in those days, CDs and burn them. I burn them like I, just such conviction. Like I, I couldn't give this away to anybody else. I couldn't sell it. Why would I sell it? Why would I make money profiting off giving this trash to someone else? I was convicted not once, but twice. Cause you know, some time went by a little slip, slip, a little, <laughs> little backslide, and accumulated more thanks, you know. But it was a progression. Every time the Lord showed me more and more and more. Like the first time I burned everything was just, you know, a big, you know, uh, easy. It was pretty obvious things that needed to go, you know, secular music, things that didn't talk about the Lord, things that talked about, you know, inappropriate things, movies, music, games, books, whatever, whatever I had, uh, shirts even. I had some clothing, you know, with bands and what, not on the front, and we burned them. You know, that, that, that is uncommon anymore. Uh, but that was common. You can read about it in the book of Acts. You know, when, when the gospel was preached and it pricked the hearts and people r- realized it's Jesus only, nothing else can share the space with Christ. It's him only. No, no other gods, no other idols. Sometimes music, movies, games, activities, addictions, foods, uh, this or that can be idols. They, they, they've, they've taken such a, a godly place, 
You know what I mean? Like a lordship place, a domineering and overlording place in people's lives. I'm telling you, wherever you recognize that, it's got to come down. you got to strip that thing down. And the best thing to do, in my opinion, okay, would be to absolutely burn it. And, and you know, uh, other things I've trashed at different times, uh, you know, we've taken it to the recycle center or whatever, where it was uh, ultimately destroyed. But what I'm saying is you can't just pass that stuff off on to someone else. So the first time, totally burned it. And then about two years later, maybe, maybe a year and a half, uh, I had to do it again. And it, it could have been, I'm trying to remember now, I, th- I think mainly what it was is the Lord just took me a little bit deeper. I don't know if I'd accumulated stuff back necessarily. There may have been a few things, but I think most of it, the second time was my eyes were opened even further to just get more trash, more filth, more carnality, more fleshy stuff out of my life. And I did it twice as a teenager. In fact, uh, we encouraged other people and people came. You'd be surprised, man, what some of these kids are hiding in their rooms and just needed to be burned, needed, needed, needed to be burned. Listen, if it, if we don't get rid of it now, I'm telling you that stuff is going to burn us later. Hallelujah. What I'm saying is the gospel is Jesus only. And this is what he's saying. You've, you've got to repent. It's it's him only. You, you can't have it in, the, in, in any of these other things in your life trying to share space with Jesus. So he says in verse 20, Acts 20, 21, he said he testified both to the Jews and to the Greeks to repent. And see now in verse 22, he says, now I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem. Remember, he said that he was a bond servant now to Holy Spirit. He bound himself to do and to say and to go uh, according to whatever Holy Spirit was leading him to do. Not knowing the things that would happen to me there, verse 23, except this is where I was trying to go, except that the Holy Spirit testified to him that in every city, every city, every city. Now, I'm not believing, we're going to read this finish this in a second, but I don't want to say this now. I'm not believing for trouble. Okay. But I'm telling you, the Bible's already told you, like, you don't have to take this to an extreme, but the Bible's already told you you're in perilous days, friend. And here, uh, Paul wasn't even living in our day. And he said, the Holy Spirit told him that there would be things that would be awaiting him in every city. Notice what he says in every city, chains and tribulations would await him. But he said, none of these things move me. He said, I didn't get afraid of it. I didn't lose my wits about it. Uh, I didn't go hide in a hidey hole. I didn't stay in my room. I didn't pull the covers over my head <laughs> just because it was going to be a little bit of a challenge to fulfill my calling out here. No, he said, none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself. And he did this in order that he may finish the race with joy. Listen, we're talking about the final leg. You friends are the last runners in this race. Let's let's say, let's I'm going to use an analogy. If we could liken this to a baton race, okay? There were generations before us. You can go back and catch up on some of this. We've been ministering along these lines now for probably a, you know, a month, month and a half. There's been several podcasts, okay? So I'm not going to recap all that, but you know, um, there's been one work throughout the ages. So, uh in the morning, Matthew, you know, we covered this, but Jesus went out and he looked, looked, for, people to, looked for people to come work for him. Okay, these, these were like the first runners in the race. Okay, the first ones to hold the baton, say, and to set out obeying the Heavenly Father and working together with him so that he could accomplish his plan throughout the ages. Okay, and then uh, different times that baton's been passed on, different generations. Okay, 
you and I, we're the last runners. We're the last ones to have the baton handed to us. This is what we're talking about, considerations uh, to finish well and to finish strong, the final leg. Uh, last week, we, we talked about you needed to embrace maturity in order to finish strong. Well, you got to think sober about these things because here Paul's telling us, hey, look, the Holy Spirit told him that this wouldn't necessarily be easy. It's doable. Jesus said his burden was light uh, and his yoke easy, but there will be challenges. There will be things that will make you want to talk to yourself, but you're going to have to get your wits about yourself. And if you love yourself more, if you're uh, pleasures, your comforts, okay, your whatevers. If if your life, um, let me see. I'm trying to think about that. Um, I, I don't. I think it was maybe season, you know, the chosen. Was it season two, season three? Has season four come out yet? I don't think season four is out yet. So it may have been season two, season three. But they brought in this character. His name was Nicodemus, and uh, very interesting how they kind of. Uh, revealed Nicodemus's life, at least in the series of The Chosen, which is I'm, I'm not saying is perfect doctrine. But what was very interesting about his character, and I think it's fitting for a lot of people, is like secretly he loved Jesus, but publicly he loved his life more. And they brought in his wife even, you know, every time his wife would be in one of those scenes, she'd be talking about all the stuff they have. Oh, the tapestry, the cups, the 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 guests, the the travels, the homes, uh, the lifestyle, the luxuries, uh, the ease, right? And you began to pick up that these people's like they love their lives and their lifestyle ultimately more. Then they loved Jesus because when you're all out for Jesus, nothing else can have a, have equal place. And I think maybe I'm maybe I'm reading into it, but Nicodemus realized if he chose Jesus, he may lose he he may lose his wife. If he chose Jesus, he may lose his wife. If he chose Jesus, he would lose his life. His not only his W I F E, he might lose his L I F E. He would lose his lifestyle. His style might have to change. Now, this is a tough place for a lot of people. Some people aren't going to finish well because they love their life more than the call of God. They love their lifestyle. They love the ease, quote unquote, of their controlled environment more then they love what the Holy Spirit told them here, that there may be chains and tribulations or persecutions or rejection that awaits you everywhere you go and you preach Jesus. You know, not everybody's going to accept you. I think you know that. You've, you've probably even experienced that maybe. But I'm telling you, friends, it's just going to get worse. Now, you're going to find people that are totally uh, uh, desperate for Jesus. They're kind of like the... The, the blind guy that when he knew Jesus was coming by, he cried out, son of David, have mercy on me. You know, some people, they are just not desperate enough to cry out. And so they'll miss their mercy. They're too concerned about what everyone's going to think of them. Should they abandon themselves to totally avail themselves to the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ? 
Yeah, be because there are people sitting around them saying, shh, don't holler out. Don't look like a fool or a buffoon. Compose yourself, you blind beggar. <laughs> Some people love their lifestyles. Some people love their life more than they love freedom in Christ Jesus. Friends, I pray that that's not you, though. I pray that's not you. If your life is another bobblehead trinket, an idol to your God that you worship, and it's sitting right next to the, you know, on the mantle next to the little Jesus bobblehead, I'm telling you, friends, your life is out of order. Hallelujah. Maybe somebody needs to hear that today. You need to do an inventory. If you've got little gods of your life, maybe even little gods of your wife, maybe even little gods of your husband, little gods of your children, little gods of your vacation, little gods of your car, your truck, your this, your toys, your things, little gods of your money, little gods of whatever. You got all these little bobbleheads on the mantle of your life, and yet you think Jesus fits right in with that. I'm telling you, friends, that's blasphemous. That's a that's a no bueno. That's a no-go, friends. That is a no-go. Listen, Jesus is the only one who can be at the head of your life. Hallelujah. If you are, maybe I'm talking to you, and you're one of those ones, you're thinking you can shove your little idol of Jesus amongst all the other idols of your life. I'm telling you, friends, you need to repent today. Hallelujah. Get your life in order. It's out of order. It's 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 whack. You need to get it straight and organized. And if you need to burn some stuff, music, movies, video games, games, board games, you 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 got come on, there I mean there's some obvious ones, man. You need to just you you need to burn it. You need to burn it. This it's not even worthy to throw in the trash. You need to set it on fire, friends. You got you got you got clothing. You got stuff from a formal way a former way of living. Listen, don't be bewitched. You cannot start out in the spirit with Christ and then go back to the old ways, to the flesh, and finish strong. Maybe you need to repent. Maybe you need to burn some stuff. I challenge you today, do an, do an inventory, friends. Get that stuff off the mantle. Strip down any of those idols. Get rid of anything, friends, that's keeping Jesus from being number one and causing you to love your life more than you love him. Hallelujah, friends. If we can help you with that, give us a call, 870-741-9099. Or send us an email, hello at gracecitychurch.tv. Somebody will follow up with you. Thank you for tuning in today, friends. Hallelujah. This has been a little bit sober. But I'm telling you, he said, be sober because the end of all things is at hand. Hallelujah. We love you. Tune in again right here next week. Grace for This City podcast. And until that time, friends. Be blessed.